Welcome to episode 15 of Shark Bite, a Throwdown Thursday production and part of the Dorkening Network. I am your host, Patsy the Angry Nerd, and this week I'm going to be talking about uh, one of my favorite filmmakers and one of the coolest dudes I know, Karando Mitsutake. Now, if you are not familiar with Karando, uh, hopefully by the end of this show you will be, and you'll be interested in picking up some of his work because he has some awesome stuff out there. But the first thing I want to talk about is how I was introduced to Karando. And the first time I even heard of him was, uh, again, through another podcast. It was through Trick or Treat Radio. And uh, he was on there talking about his film Gunwoman, which was on um, which was on uh, Netflix. And I watched it, and I was like, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's incredible. Watched it two or three times. I showed it off to a couple of my friends, uh, you know, hanging out at their places. And every single person who watched this was just like, oh my god, this is great. And that film came out in 2014. Now, if you are unfamiliar with Gunwoman, um, I'll just read you the uh, IMDb plot synopsis. It says, a brilliant doctor on a quest for revenge buys a young woman and trains her to be the ultimate assassin, implanting gun parts in her body that she must later disassemble and use to kill her target before she bleeds to death. That's pretty accurate. Um, yeah, I know what you're probably thinking if you're unfamiliar with this. It's like, what do you mean he buys a woman? Uh, think about it as, uh, like in Taken, where they're kind of auctioning off these random women, and like that's what he does. He buys one of these women, but instead of using her as a sex slave, he turns her into, you know, he gets her off the drugs and turns her into uh, just an unstoppable uh tool of vengeance and it's awesome so the main character in uh, in Gunwoman is um, Asami who actually appears in a couple other uh, Karando projects whether he's acting in it or whether he's uh, whether he's directing it or writing it uh, he uses uh, several people in the in the uh, throughout his work you know like most directors do uh, another one is Noriaki Kamada, who plays the, uh, the, yeah, I would say he's the, uh, ultimate antagonist. He's, uh, pretty awful, but he does such a great job. Like, the character is awful, but he does a great job as the actor. Just, he's so good. He's so good. Um, I thought he was amazing in this. Now, one of the things I noticed uh, when I watched this and then I watched Karate Kill, is Asami plays a character named Mayumi, and Midori Okada plays a character named Kiko. And then when I watched Karate Kill, there is another character. Uh, there are two other characters with the same name, and Asami plays the character Kiko. And uh, I don't remember exactly what, uh, what the reasoning for this was, but uh, Karando explained it to us on our uh, our episode of Throwdown Thursday entitled Karando Kill, which is way back on uh, 
episode 61, and we're about to release episode 186 this coming week. So it has been a while since we've had Carando on, and I think this has been long enough, especially because he has a new film coming out this year called Maniac Driver. So I wanted to kind of touch on who Carando is and what some of his films are, where you can find them, and why you should get them. So I've already mentioned Gunwoman, gave you a little bit of a synopsis for that. There's also Karate Kill that says uh, that the IMDb synopsis is when a mysterious loner and karate master Kenji's little sister goes missing in Los Angeles, whoever stands in his way will find. Oh, I'm sorry. When a mysterious loner and karate master Kenji's little sister goes missing in Los Angeles, whoever stands in his way of finding her will face the wrath of a lethal karate kill. And uh, there's a reason why it's specifically called Karate Kill. So. One of the things I liked most about this film is it has one of the greatest shots I've ever seen, ever. Uh, it is a uh, it's a fight scene in a club, and Corando turns the camera 360 degrees on this just amazing, incredible, just mind-blowing shot. It just It rotates 360 degrees around the action, kind of like... The way I look at it is you kind of see everyone getting thrown off balance and everything's off kilter and everything's getting turned upside down because these guys figured, oh, there's a whole bunch of us with guns. We can take care of one guy. And, uh, of course, they can't. Now, what I like about this film is not only is Asami in it, not only is Noriaki Kamada in it again, uh, but Hayate Masao, I really hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, plays the titular Kenji, or Karate Kill, as he's later known in the in the film. And when you watch it, you'll understand why. Uh, that is not a name he chooses for himself. I'll just I'll leave it at that, because I don't like uh, giving too much of the plot away. Now, I realize this film came out a few years ago, but I still don't want to ruin it, because this might be the first time you're hearing about it, and I don't want to spoil anything other than what's in the IMDb... Uh, synopsis so I, I don't want to ruin anything but in talking with Carando uh, they were talking he, he told us about the the fight choreography that they did for this film and uh, Hayate was having a lot of issues because he's not used to you know stunt fighting what he's used to is actual real you know sparring and, and combat because he is a martial arts master. So what he said was, all right, instead of trying to pretend to hit me, try to hit me for real. And, you know, everyone's like, well, you know, we don't want any injuries. We don't want anybody getting hurt. You know, what happens if we hit you and hurt you? And he goes, oh, don't worry, you won't. And as Carando said, uh, no one ever did. No one laid a hand on him because he's just that talented and that good. So I... Absolutely, um, absolutely recommend watching this. It's on Amazon Prime, and it's if you have a Prime membership, it's included with Prime. Uh, same with Gunwoman. So if you have an Amazon Prime account, or if you don't, you can rent them. Probably be like two or three dollars. It's one hundred percent worth it. I own the Blu-rays of both because they're just amazing films. Uh, now the third film that I recommend of his. Is called Samurai Avenger The Blind Wolf. It's actually the third one I saw, but it's the first film that he released, and it came out in 2009. 
Um, so you'll be forgiven if you have not have not seen it or heard of it. Corando uh, is a fairly well known dude. He's also a uh, he's he's been in a lot of uh, shows and movies as an actor as well, and I'll get into that in a few minutes. But this is Blind Swordsman versus Seven Assassins, a classic tale of revenge. It is one of the most brutal openings to a film that I've ever seen. It's very difficult to watch, but Corando plays the titular role of the blind wolf, and he's fucking awesome. See, there's a lot of people who direct but aren't really great actors or sometimes not even passable actors, but there's also a lot of folks who have this directing skill and acting skill. A um, few people that come to mind, you know, like a, uh, a Kevin Costner or, or Quentin Tarantino or, um, you know, Bradley Cooper. You know, those are folks who can act and direct, you know, Bryce Dallas Howard. But it's different when you're directing yourself uh, and acting because, you know, your your point of view is a little skewed, I would imagine. But Corrado does an amazing job with this. This is also uh, available on Prime, but it's on a specific channel called Toku. But I recommend just buying the, the Blu-ray because you will not be disappointed. There's some great action. There's some great martial arts uh, swordsmanship. There's some great fight scenes. I just I love the way he does this. Corando's character of the Blind Wolf is awesome. He's one of the best characters I've seen in a long time, and he's just so cool. You know, it it's very reminiscent of like you know the Seven Samurai or you know um, the one that they made into it, uh, the Magnificent Seven. Like it's kind of a combination of those, but it's only one guy against. Uh, all these bad guys. So I, uh, I recommend this. I recommend all three of these. Definitely check them out. Find out, you know, if you have, if you have some time and you have uh, Amazon Prime, you're looking for something new. You know, if you're, you're one of those folks that's always, you know, trying to figure out, like, hey, how come, uh, how come there's nothing good? How come there's nothing original? Where's all the, uh, the new stuff? I don't want to just see the same old... Uh, repetitive stuff. I want to see. I want to see uh, some original content. This this is where you can find it. You can find it with Karando Karando Mitsutaki, because he is phenomenal. He's a great director. He does a lot of awesome stuff. Um, if nothing else, just check out the uh, the uh, the trailers before you watch the film because. Just watching the trailer, you know, you can't get a full sense of what the film's going to be like, but at the same time, you can get a good idea of what you're going to see. These aren't super low budget, but they're also not super high budget films either. But they are so well done, and Corando really knows how to get the most out of his actors. Um, that's probably why he keeps working with the same ones over and over again, because, you know, he's a. Uh, He's found some folks that really work well with him. So, you know, why not keep working with him? Now, I also mentioned that he is an actor. And so, of course, he was in Samurai Adventure the Blind Wolf. He was the titular character. 
but he was also in Ugly Betty. He did an episode of that in 2007. He did two episodes of Heroes in 2007. He was in a show called White on Rice. He was a, or a movie called White on Rice. He was the samurai executioner. Uh, then he was in a movie called Moratorium with Asami. And um, he was in a movie called Sky Sharks, which is so cool. And I had no idea he was in Sky Sharks until I start started doing... Um, started doing this uh, this this uh, research for my podcast today, and they're giant. They're basically, uh, according to this, uh, deep in the ice of the Antarctic, a team of geologists uncover an old Nazi laboratory still intact, where dark experiments had occurred. In order to conquer the world, the Nazis created modified sharks who were able to fly and whose riders were genetically mutated undead superhumans. Military task force called. Dead Flesh 4, reanimated U.S. soldiers who fell in Vietnam, is put together to prevent world downfall. And that's got uh, Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa, who some people might recognize as uh, Shang Tsung from the uh, Mortal Kombat films. Tony Todd, as you know, most people will know as uh, uh, Candyman. Naomi Grossman, who is in um, American Horror Story. Robert Lissardo, who has been in a ton of stuff. Uh, he's usually a henchman of some sort. Uh, Amanda Bears, who a lot of folks will recognize, I know I did, from uh, Married with Children. She played Marcy. Uh, Lynn Lowry, Mick Garris, you know, Jay LaRose, Asami. Like, this is a hell of a cast. Jan Birch, I didn't realize he was in this, too. Jan Birch, uh... Travis Love from Walking Dead. Uh, yeah, this is a hell of a cast. I, I don't understand how this flew under my radar, but I am going to try and reach out to whoever this is and see if I can get somebody on here because this is amazing. This is an incredible cast. Oh, man. Uh, I guess it's going to be coming out later this year. It says that it's in post-production. Uh, I'm 100% interested in this. I really need to find out what this is. But, uh, you know, that's another another acting, uh, another piece of Carando's acting resume that he's got under his belt. So, some of the stuff that you see in Carando's films... Now, remember, you know, there are certain things that you have to take with a grain of salt. There's a, a you know, a, a, a suspension of disbelief that you have to have going into any film. However, one of the things I always say... I always 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 say because it uh it really bugs me when films don't adhere to the rules that they themselves set up in their films universe you know i talk about ant-man all the time all the time i talk about ant-man because at the one at the one point He's able to run along the edge of the barrel of a gun that someone's holding, but he also can punch with the force of a 230-pound man. So it's like you can't have both. You can't have no weight and have you know, uh, the force equal to you when you're at full size. So either you have that mass or you don't. So that's, that's what bothers me. You know, Michael Douglas carrying around a 60-ton tank on a keychain. Like, come on. You can't have it both ways. Just because it shrinks doesn't mean the mass changes. Like, they in, they explicitly say that you're not changing the mass, you're just making it smaller, you're shrinking the space between atoms. 
Which is why I like Corando's films, because Corando says, okay, here's the rule. This is what we are coming up with. This is what we are stating. And you see this in Gunwoman. There's a specific scene where they set a timeline and they say, okay, this is what you have. Like it says, you know, you, the Asami as Gunwoman has a specific amount of time before she bleeds to death. You know, in this amazing, uh, uh, you know, series of events. And the way that the plot is put together is incredible. Very dark. Uh, might be a little too much for some people. But if you like, you know, good bloody action, uh, this is right up your alley. But they set up the rules. They say, this is the rule. And they abide by it. And they stand by it. And, you know, they don't, you know, change things or make it more dramatic simply for the sake of the plot. He actually sticks by the rules that he creates, which is something that I really appreciate. That is a sign of good writing. If you have to change your plot around, it's like, well, we did that so we could get a cool shot, or we did that so we could make it more dramatic and make it seem more exciting at the end of the of the movie. Then you've lost me. Like I have I, I've lost interest in your film. It might still be entertaining, but I no longer take it seriously. Again, I, I come up with the Ant Man stuff. Because it's like, oh, okay, well, I can punch you with the force of a two hundred, well, a full-grown two hundred-pound man, but you also don't know that I'm hanging on your your jacket lapel. It's like, no, it's 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 not both of those things. It's one or the other. It isn't both. You know, a two hundred and thirty-pound man cannot fly on an ant just because he's smaller. You know, just because you make something smaller does not mean it loses its mass. Sorry, I, I know I've repeated myself a couple times, but that just it drives me crazy when I think about this. But uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try and reach out to these uh, folks over at Sky Sharks, see if I can uh, see if I can talk to somebody about this. Because as you know, I mean, just based on the fact that you know the the title of this podcast, I am a big fan of sharks, so I want to uh, do as much with sharks as I can. Uh, speaking of which, I will have some more information for you folks after uh, after I come back from break with uh, you know some shark-related topics coming up in the next couple of weeks. But once again, I just want to remind you that Karando Mitsutake, I keep calling Karando, Karando Mitsutake is a phenomenal director. He's a great dude. Uh, he was at Rock and Shock a couple of years ago promoting. I'm really hoping he gets back again this year because that would be awesome. I'd love to do an interview with him at the show. Um, he's just he's a great dude. He's you know not only talented but he's a genuinely good person. So I'm I'm a big fan of of his work and of him as a person. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I'm going to give you my preview of what's coming up. I'll give you my uh, fun shark fact of the week. And I'm going to close this week's episode with a really cool theme song. And I want you to look it up. It's on YouTube because it shows uh, a lot of clips from Karando's movies. It's a, uh, it's a collaboration between Karando and Teal, where Teal came up with a nice uh, like instrumental synth uh, anthem for uh, some of Corando's movies, and there's some great scenes in there. Uh, not safe for work, not because of nudity, but because of uh, some 
pretty strong violence, but I will close the episode with at least that music because obviously you can't see it. But I'll close it with the music because I want you to check this out because I am a huge fan of not only Corando but Teal as well. So I think with that being said, I'll take a quick break. And when I come back, uh, all that stuff I said just a minute ago. Be right back. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. We all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. (laughs) With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Greetings! We are the Retro Reductopus Cephala Podcast, a bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. He's right. We wax philosophic about lots of geeky crap like old video games and movies, toys, cartoons. I don't know. Help me out here. Music. Pants. Quoting video games that don't have dialogues. Shabibers. Tasty news. Unnecessarily long Japanese onomatopoeia. Butt breathers. Uncomfortable nature facts. Or how to install a samoplange. And unlike all those other podcasts, we at Retrodoctopus have an exciting rotating host schedule. Do we? We sure do. So, if you didn't like the guy flapping his gums this week, like me, worry not, gentle listener. Next week, we'll have a whole new host. Of problems. Hey, they might still suck, but they'll suck differently. And you know what's really cool? Retrodoctopus is part of the Dorkening and Inebriar Podcast Networks with new episodes every Tentacle Tuesday. Which is like every other Tuesday. We named it. Anyways, you can listen to us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or any podcast player cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all things that make growing up awesome. You're going to need a bigger boat. And I am back. Thank you for sticking around for this week's Shark Bites. I really appreciate you checking out the show each and every week. It really means a lot to me. I love doing this, and I love uh, passing on new information for folks for you know stuff that they may not be aware of. You know, stuff that we don't always get to cover on uh, on Throwdown Thursday. But this is stuff that I uh, find near and dear to my heart. And especially when somebody's really cool and, and a really good person and putting themselves out there and you know, dedicating themselves to their craft. I really want to get their uh, their name out there and uh, help folks uh, discover their art. So that's why I wanted to do this show about Corando. And uh, next week, uh, in the next couple of weeks, I should say, I'm going to be covering some more shark-related stuff. And one of those things I'm going to be covering... I'm hoping to have the entire Majama crew on to talk about bad CGI sharks, but one way or the other, I'm going to be talking about bad CGI sharks next week. Hopefully with the whole crew, if we can uh, kind of wrangle it, because their their uh, DVD sales start on the 25th, I believe. No, I'm sorry, the 21st. But they have an event that they're going to be hosting 
where you can come down and get your DVDs signed by the entire Majama crew, which is super awesome, and I'm very excited for that. But uh, that's next week. Week after, there's uh, potential for another shark-related uh, shark-related show because there's a uh, somebody pitching an idea, and I'm very keen on it, and they were uh, introduced to me by uh, our good buddy Steve Van Sampson, who you just heard on the Retro Redoctopus ad that we played. First time we've gotten to play their ad. I'm very excited. I'm happy that those guys are part of the network because they're just really super cool dudes, all of them. You know, from 8-Bit Alchemy to Steve, uh, Par- uh, Parasite Steve to to, to uh, Nintendo and Boss Rush Mode. They're all awesome dudes, and uh, they're the best. They They just, they're so cool, and they're... Such nice people. I'm glad I know them. And uh, I'm very glad that they're part of the network now. But, uh, yeah, this week, this week, uh, I hope you enjoyed the show about Corando. And uh, I'm really hoping that uh, you check out Bad CGI Sharks. And, of course, it's time for our Shark Fact. And this week's Shark Fact is uh, one that you might be aware of, but maybe not. Uh, sharks have been around for a very, very, very long time. Uh, some scientists hypothesize and estimate that sharks first appeared in the ocean 455 million years ago. So sharks have been around since long before the dinosaurs, and sharks have pretty much ruled the sea for almost half a billion years, which is insane to think about. And they really haven't changed all that much. You know, their basic shape, basic design has been the same since way back when i mean there are some some uh obvious uh outliers we'll call them you know like the helicoprion which had that weird at least what they think you know because sharks don't leave fossil records other than their teeth they had this weird circular saw like uh tooth pattern in their lower jaw so some scientists have uh kind of reconstructed it by thinking that it had like this long, uh, almost like a drill in the bottom of their of their mouth. Um, I'll try and link a picture to that uh, in the in the group. But if you have any thoughts or questions or concerns or anything that you want us to cover on this show, maybe something, maybe an interview with somebody, or maybe a, a topic, a movie, something you want to hear me talk about. Uh, reach out at sharkbitespod at gmail dot com. I'd love to hear from you. I always open to taking suggestions and uh i think with that being said we'll go ahead and bring today's episode to a close but just remember while i may be the podcaster you are my chum have a great week folks